on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to another edition of the Orient Hour. I hope you're having a great week and uh, life's good in the garden. And uh, in our little garden, we've got Barry Galvin. Yeah, you make me sit in the garden now, don't you? Can I yep. come in, please? Yeah. <laughs> My little gnome. How are you? <laughs> I'm just looking for the window. Yeah, yeah. not so bad. Um, yeah, good man, good man. And uh, Darian Barrows to my right. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, Andy. Good man. And uh, you were at Burton on the weekend, weren't you? I was at Burton. Went, went for a bone. He went for a bone, and uh, that's the first thing we'll be talking about tonight, because um, not that eventful, was it? Uh, it well, it's one of those, I think the expression is, it won't live long in the memory, mm-hmm. uh, it's fair to say. What one? No, the game. What, uh, what game? Oh, God. He started already. He started he's, already. He's, he's, he's early, isn't he? He's yeah. Yeah, um, I've got a trap door button here. If he plays that, <laughs> I mean, you know. might, we might need it. Down know. the trap door. That's why he's sitting in the garden bell, yeah. Yeah. It, it was um, it was a, it was a game really, Andy. Um, that that really for me, Jordan Graham. You know, uh, it happened right mm. in front of us, and um, you could tell straight away the lad was in a bit of trouble. He was thumping the ground, and I just put my hands in my head at the time because uh, for me, <sighs> we 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 were better with him in the team. Mm-hmm. He was the supply chain, and. I felt that with him in that team, Andy, I felt we could do something this season. I'm not quite so sure now because we're looking at, what, six, eight weeks, now before we can get... Um, what, eight what, weeks before January? Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, we could have Dan Ajay back. And that's, I think, because I sat with Dan, uh, we had an international day the other day, didn't we? The, the, or, and I think that's how you pronounce his name, Ajay. So I think Agile people, it's Ajay. So um, yeah, we've got him coming back, but I don't think that's going to be until at least January. The problem is, is he, he's not going to be fit till January. Yeah. And then even if you say he's fit at the start of January, pal, yeah? Yeah. We've realistically got to give the lad mm. four no, you've got or five games to get up to yeah. speed. Yeah. So you've but got to introduce him in slowly, haven't you? I think with Jordan Graham, you know, um, with Northampton, with, with Dan, and I said to him, you know, at the time when we drew enough, I said, we've got to get the ball to Jordan Graham more because he gets the crosses in near enough every time. He doesn't have to beat his man. The crosses come in, they're accurate. In fact, I was actually bemoaning in that game the, the lack of chances created from such good crossing. You'd expect more uh, attempts on goal from such brilliant crossing in the box. And no sooner as I said it than, you know, 
you know, uh, 10 minutes into the next oh, match, he's gone, you know. Honestly, he, guys. It, it, he must be gutted. He's I, such a good guy as well. Yeah, everything I've seen of him in social media, all the interviews he's done for the club, he comes across really knowledgeable in terms of, of, of football. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it just comes because a nice man. And, and you want nice people to succeed, don't you? Yeah, and he's ju- he just got up to speed, I thought. You know, you yeah. could tell the first few games he was he had the talent, but he wasn't quite, you know, uh, match fit, uh, sharp. And he just literally got, got that, that rhythm and, and he's gone for it. And that, that's football. But it, it seems so innocuous as well. I mean, I saw the replay. When it first happened, you thought, if it's that bad, you, you'll, you'll see when the replay happens what's happened. But you can't really. It doesn't There's no obvious twist or pull. I think he's standing or, foot. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think where you went right in front of me, and um, yeah, uh, the Burton uh, defender, well, not defender, the Burton player. Uh, we didn't touch him, did he? No, 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 and and uh, a few of the fans around me were sort of bemoaning the sort of time it was taking for the medics to get on and the, the stretcher to get on, and it, it did take a, they didn't they didn't run, but. Equally, I know uh, uh, Jordan's come out and said how well they were looked after at Burton. I have to say, we did some hospitality up there, guys, and, and they were very good. You know, I, I, credit where credit's due. Mm. Um, Burton is a, is a very nice, well-run club. And I think That's they nice did to hear. look after good. him on the day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it, it happens, I'm afraid. Mm. And, but you have to turn it around the other way now, is that uh, with the squad we've got, somebody is going to be given an opportunity. Well, the problem is, though, Andy, yeah. Jordan replaced the man. Yeah, I know what we're saying. Is, yeah. So he was the man to replace the man. And we have now only got one winger. Now, we've got options. You mm-hmm. can, I'm, I'm sure Jaden Sweeney can play a, as a wing-back bell, can't he? Yeah, I, th- I think, unfortunately, uh, no one's irreplaceable, so to speak, the, the saying goes. But I think he was the only person who was capable of doing what he was doing. He's not you know, putting mm-hmm. out a ball in the box consistently uh, with quality. I don't see anybody else in our squad, as good as it is, who can actually do that at this present time. I totally agree. The closest we've got who can do that is Theo. Yeah. Um, he, he does totally better on the left. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we uh, dare I say it, uh, we'll come on to um, a little chat I had with, with Richie today uh, <laughs> later perhaps, but mm. dare I say it, um, I think we're going to have to change our shape. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an age-old question at the moment. Everyone's asking, does he know his best formation? Does he know his best team? Well, and, he, uh, he, he, he was comfortable playing that formation. He wouldn't be playing otherwise. No. As a manager, he'd got comfortable with, with that system. Mm. Um, and, and that system... Whilst it left us exposed along on the left-hand side quite often because we were asking an awful lot of the wing-backs, you are in that system. The, the upside of it, we were getting forward and we were getting crosses in. And it was almost like Rural and, and, and Pigger uh, had no excuses. That's right, yeah. I think we could have, could have done with, with, a, with a proper number nine, if you like, on the end of those sort of crosses. But um, yeah, it may have to change shape now. We'll, we'll see. Um, and we've got obviously a week where we haven't got we haven't got a, a league fixture. Um, I suppose we'll come on to talking about that later, won't we, Andy? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, as first of all, as we're talking about Burton, hear what uh, Richie had to say to Dave Victor after the match. Richie, thanks for joining us. Can I start with Jordan Graham? Just how bad is that injury? Yeah, we we think he's done his ACL. So um, it's probably the main disappointment today, even more than, than not getting three points. Um, yeah, we're gutted because obviously he's a big player for us and had a knock-on effect probably for the next ten minutes of of the game. We had we had to shuffle a few things, but. Obviously, we send him our best. He's in there now, and we hope that we hope that it can be as quick as possible. But obviously, with, with an injury like that, it's going to be it's going to be a long one. 
as you say, it had an effect on everybody, but the O's battled hard, and in the closing stages, he came so close to winning it again. Yeah, but the second half, we was, it, it, it stunk of third game in a week, second away game in, in four days' time. We was really poor second half. Um, I thought at times in the first half, we were good. We, we played through them. Um, and obviously, the big chance of the game, the best chance of the game. They, they had one where he hit over the bar, but, you know, Sully's through one-on-one and has to tidy his touch-up. Um, we're just we're disappointed in there. Everyone's down. We feel like we've we've lost the game, you know. And, and before this, these have won four and a bounce at home. It's a difficult place to come. But in the first half, for the majority of the first half, we had it on the way that we wanted to to play the game. And the second half, too many long throws, too many free kicks given away. Again, we we have to grow up where when opposition change, we just hook things on, stop messing about in silly areas, play round corners, play forward. No, we've never done that. So, all in all, did we deserve to win? Probably not. I think probably they could have nicked it at the end. But I think all in all, lack of goalkeeper making saves. Their goalkeeper's pulled off a great save in the last couple of minutes. So, probably a draw was about fair. And a clean sheet on the road, a solid defensive display. Yeah, Sol's in really good form. And defensively, even though we had to change it late on because of the way that the game was going, we wanted more pressure higher up the pitch. We had to change from a back, a back five to a back four. Um, and obviously we've had Rob Hunt Rob Hunt out we've just got a little bit you know the injuries are smarting up a little bit too much now so hopefully with a rest in terms of FA Cup next week we can in terms of the league format then hopefully in two weeks time we'll have a few bodies back Injuries and suspensions is that a fifth uh, yellow card for Jordan Brown? No, fourth Fourth, okay Yeah And what about Rob Hunt how bad is that injury? Half, ten days so not, not overly major should be fit for the next league game but you know we had a really settled back five. You have to chop and change, which kind of hinders them. And when you get these three game week, they are difficult, especially when you've got you know the last of the the, the three games away from home. It does. You know, our planning is is limited. Um, most of trainings in terms of rest and recovery. So I thought we kept going. We kept obviously defending our box, and I thought our supporters were great. But we just didn't we didn't, we didn't do enough in the final third. Especially with the amount of chances that we are, we have to slide people in, we end up shooting from 25 yards when the easy pass is there to, to slip people in. So again, it's just a, we just we keep going, we keep getting better, we keep improving. Tom James worked hard after taking quite a no uh, knock to his knee. Yeah, I thought TJ was good. I thought he was one of our better players. Um, I thought him, Dan Happen, and Brandon defended well. Uh, they had a couple of chances, but it was only a few long balls in the box and a ricochet. Um, and then we, we couldn't quite get the second ball so I don't I can't remember ever I'm ever opening us up um, so again I think I'm, I'm a little bit tired today been a long week um, so you imagine how the players feel I just think that we again it's that inexperience we just need to keep betting keep working keep working keep getting better a break from the league now as you say with the cup and Carlisle how will you approach that game? it's a win um we approach, we approach this game to win we approach every single game to win because from what I've seen in the league it doesn't, shouldn't scare any of us um, okay, some good teams Bolton, Portsmouth Barnsley but I just don't see it I just don't see it you know what if we had a bit more firepower more goals in us then we could we could do a bit we could do a bit more damage but you know, we, we need to score more goals would you be looking to use the squad and give sort of other players a chance in the cup? Well, hope potentially Max Sanders might be back. Obviously, brilliant to see Darren Prattley uh, come back today. Um, Omar Beckles potentially might be back, and then obviously Rob Hunt. So we just need to get through the next two or three days, evaluate where we're at, 
Um, you know, in terms of our attacking options, we've, we've obviously got enough front players with Ruel and Piggott, with Shaq and with Driz. They can all play centre. It's just we're, we're lacking a little bit the wide areas. Jaden Sweeney now needs need to step up because in the coming weeks we're going to need him. Um, you know, and we're just at that stage where teams always get hit with two or three injuries on the bounce, and we, we just have to come for it. And finally, you already mentioned that the substitute, uh, the supporters really made themselves heard. Not again. Third game in a week, second away trip. It was fantastic on um, on Tuesday night without a drum. Today they obviously had the drum, and it was fan- brilliant. But you know, we've got to take the chances. If we score one of our good chances, the game changes, and that's what good footballing teams do. When you're on top. You score, the, ch- the game changes, they can either sit in and you can dominate the ball or they get impatient you can pick them off. Um, when you're a football team and a goal doesn't come, they're always going to have that threat of one throw, set play in your box. But no, our supporters are great, stuck with us. Um, fantastic at the end when, the, when we're obviously singing for the club and the players. But um, no, I'm just disappointed that we've not sending them home um, with three points. Thank you, Richie. All right, no Thank you. There you go, that's uh, Richie with uh, our friend, Mr Dave Victor, and uh, talking a lot of sense, and uh, let's just cut across, because you were at the ground today, Darren, and uh, you went to one of these seminars, didn't you? I was, and I did, Uh, and I have to say, I thought it was a um, well-organised event. Um, It it was something that Orient have got themselves involved with. Uh, It's a business at work event, Andy, Um, that... um, I've been to a few of these before, and, and they can be very hit and miss, if I'm brutally honest. But this was organised by a company called, I'm going to give a little plug, because I did do a good job, Network Club. Mm-hmm. Um, there was about, I don't know, 70 people there. Yeah. And we, look, if I'm brutally honest, part of my, was I'm a Leighton Orient fan. Richie Wellens is going to do a little chat. I'm, a, I'm in business. So I thought, well, I'm going to combine a little bit of business and pleasure here. So off I pop. Got to Brisbane Road for midday. Um, Richie came on and spoke about his time in management, particularly uh, interesting from our perspective, his views on a certain Gary Neville, which I think, in fairness, he did quite quite well when he, we had him on as a guest, mm. and he's been on other other shows. Uh, he got asked a question by um, one of the audience, and then I, I, me being me, Andy, no. No flies on me, is there, in that respect. I'm always uh, up for asking questions of, of people. And I, I asked him about, I asked him about Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I said about, and he said a couple of things that I thought were, were quite quite interesting. He said, that you look at our points tally before we had Jordan regularly in the team. And he said that we will look to replace him in January. Mm. So uh, he, he was very positive, which, which you'd expect of a manager. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's not changed his views on Gary Neville. <laughs> I take it they're not favourable. I've not, uh, I've not heard what Richie No, I mean, he said he learned a lot from it. And, and yeah, like most people in life, you, you learn more through adversary, don't you, mm. than you do through success. Is this uh, sort of a daggers in the back sort of scenario, was it? I, he was just never allowed to get on with it. All oh, right, right. He was just never allowed to, to, to manage in a way that, that, that he should have been. So... Mm. I think, in fairness to, to him, he's, he's covered it in before. Touched on Doncaster a bit, but what he said, he the problem we had at Doncaster was not so much the board, was that they were operating on, on a, 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 a conference north budget. Mm. So he was good value. He spoke well. He spoke articulately. Um, and he did have to dash off to get a train from Manchester. Mm-hmm. So we, we um, were told that it was going to be 
lunch then Richie. It was Richie then lunch. It was Richie then lunch. So, <laughs> so bless him. Probably oh, well. a few of us were a bit, bit, bit uh, peckish by then, but uh, well organised by by the company that organised it, w- w- well supported, well organised by Orient. And if if any business people are out there and networking is part of their 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 job, go along. Go along. Okay. Right. Well, thanks for that. Let's have this week's Victor's views, shall we? Jordan Graham's injury is a huge blow to a talented player who was settling so well at Brisbane Road. It's a massive setback for Richie Welland's squad. Graham had provided four assists, the most of any late night player. I'm wishing him a speedy recovery and looking forward to seeing Jordan back in the side, tormenting opposition for defences. As we approach the first round of the FA Cup, now is an appropriate time to reflect on where we are. After 15 league games, the O's nicely balanced. Five wins, five draws, five defeats. Due to tonight's results, saw Late Noyant slip two places to 14th. But you definitely get the impression that Late Noyant are looking to what's needed to climb up the table rather than the dangers that lie below them. That's because of the relentless search for improvement that Richie Wellens demands. Demonstrated by the fact that a five-match unbeaten one that has seen three successive draws, each regarded as a wasted opportunity to challenge those in the top ten. Our most recent draw came at Burton Albion, of course. A much livelier clash than the blank scoreline would suggest. The O's and the Brewers, two of the lower scoring sides in the mid part of the division. And on Saturday, it was easy to see why. Both managers will feel that their team created enough clear-cut opportunities to win it. Another outstanding defensive display. Another clean sheet. And once again, Brandon Cooper was my man of the match. Now attention turns to the cup and an extended run feels long overdue. There is no doubt that in recent seasons, promotion has been the focus and the priority. But this campaign feels different. The O's yet to progress beyond the first stage of any knockout competition under Ritchie, and on the face of it, the visit of Carlisle United appears the more likely to see Orient change that than the visit of Portsmouth in the EFL Trophy on Tuesday night. Lake Noyant currently bottom of Group M on two points, Pompey top on five. Two clubs progress, Gillingham on three points, face Fulham's youngsters on the same evening. Finally, on the subject of knockout tournaments, congratulations to Lake Noyant's youngsters. Smith Kowalski's last minute goal, securing the victory over AFC Subway and booking the O's into the second round of the FA Youth Cup. Well, thank you, Dave. And uh, just touching on that Youth Cup, you know, once again, you were there, Darren. You can't keep you away from Orient, can they? No, I, I really should uh, get a life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I didn't know. say a word, did we, Barry? We were just sitting there <laughs> no, politely just thinking, what a good fan Darren is. Absolutely, <laughs> top marks. Well, do you know what? It was an enjoyable evening. Uh, fair play to AFC Subbury. They turned up with quite a few fans. In football. Look, I think a lot of them were were, were fr- family friends, obviously, and yeah, family yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the players. But but they were very uh, jubilant and noisy when they scored. Yeah. So again, me being me, I ratched up my uh, getting orient uh, when we got the the, the first goal. Did you yeah. say you klaxon? Did you say yeah? Did you? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say klaxon. I didn't say no. <laughs> What's them turn, things yeah. I used to rattle? Oh, we're not that old. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's, that's, that's you. We're I thought, not. We're, I thought Darren might not. have one. Rattle. <laughs> 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 well, no, but I'm, I'm full. I'm full. Of, full. Of, full of admiration for the lab of the drum. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I think the collection should be reintroduced. I think probably self and safety. Now you're not allowed to let it drum? go in it's someone's not ear. Roper, right? is it? 
Huh? No, but Matt oh. did in the nineties, didn't he? So yeah. um, he, couldn't, he couldn't play. He's not going to get it any better, is he? <laughs> what play? Play what? A trumpet? The drum? What Matt? Oh, the the drum. drum? No, he was awful. Yeah. Can we have a kid with a trumpet in the North Stand? I don't but, know why I'm saying, but he was yeah, good. That was, was, there's a drummer in the South, isn't there? Yeah. And um, he wasn't allowed it in Northampton, bless him, was he? Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. I've said before, full credit to them lads. But going back to the game, going yes. back to yes, AFC um, Sudbury, um, I can't be honest, Orient fans, come on, let's go and support these games a bit more. Let's get out there. And it was four quid to get in. Yeah. I think three quid if you're a season ticket holder. So, yeah. yeah. What, 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 where else can you get a nice entertainment for three quid? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cup of coffee from. Cost more. Cost more than that, yeah, yeah. I think it's more a case of getting there, Darren, than actually maybe, getting maybe. in the ground. Yeah, I mean, look, um, yeah, it's... each their own. I enjoy seeing what I hope to be. I, I, I was in, the two that sort of stood out for me was the front two. Uh, the lad that got the two goals for us was uh, Rion Smith Kawuzi. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I, I haven't done the youth so much, so I wouldn't okay, know. Nice they sounded good. Play, yeah. They sound great. Ashley Karoma. Yeah, uh, no relation apparently. No, no, no. no, no I saw him. I saw so, him. Uh, I think yeah. he played at uh, Brentwood in pre-season. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think he's a lad that, uh, um, given time and given, dare I say, it, the right conditioning. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go. Listen, they all they all did all right, and I've only seen them once before this season, Andy. And mm. let's be honest, it would be silly of me to judge them too too much over a couple of yeah. games. But this is, a sort, this is what we're saying. Somebody put the idea through, I think it might have been Jordan, uh, um, Jaden rather, Jaden uh, Christie, when he was speaking to Nigel. And he said, you know, why, can't you, you know, why don't you put one of these you know, games on after the first team, you know, on, on a Saturday? And, you know, where, where were they having the, the, the women's game on after, afterwards before? He said, why don't you put the, you know, the academy game on if it can be done? I think that's a fantastic we all, idea. We all agree it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, if Don't it can be done, there may be logistic reasons it's why It's another it way of getting you know. people in the ground early out, yeah. spend money in the ground. I, I, the, 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 all I can suggest to you, right, there must be some logistical reason why they can't, some some FA, EFL law or, or, oh. or something, because it would make so much sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, people are already there. Like you said, yeah. about getting to the ground on a Tuesday night or whatever, well, they're already there. So, yeah, yeah. more people would stay than the 10 otherwise. I Barry, think, yeah. you, you might know this better than anybody else. Have we still got the use of the changing room facilities over the other side? I don't know that better than anyone else, no. Um, <laughs> Sorry, about the score. The there, about the score. <laughs> I think you, you give me too much credit. Um, you mean a score, centre? Well, no, because no. the only logistically thing I'm thinking about is, is on a first-team game day, it's all about the first team. Yeah. So you can't have less the first-team sharing the dressing room with, with for example... Certainly not the women. And, no. You know, it's, and, and the, the, so there's got to be four, there's got to be four dressing rooms, hasn't there? Mm. Yeah, which is not the case, obviously. And there's yeah. no room to, to expand I don't, I don't know if the old ones are functioning on the other side, are they? Uh, uh, that's uh, that's, that's I, my I, point. Yeah, if, I don't know. If either. we've got that facility, then that would overcome that. As a, as mm. a, as a, the old dressing rooms under the old uh, East yeah. Stand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, the youth team games, I mean, I've always tried to get to a few games a season. And they they are good value. You know, yeah, the yeah. thing is about youth team. If you go and see, you will see. You know what we got: Dan Happy, Jaden Sweeney, you know, Moses Odebayju. Loads of people come through and play for the first team. Yeah. So it's not like you go and watch a Chelsea one where you just never see him again. Yeah. So you do get the to say, "Well, I saw him first when you go to a youth team match and you see someone rising star." So it is, you know, if you yeah. are and these FA if you are runs. committed like Darren, yeah. it's worth it, isn't it? Well, also, you bear in mind, lads, a lot of the best youth team players are currently out on loan. 
mm. picking yeah. up experience of men's football. Well, I did a Euston game last year and Charlie Pegram stood out and there was another player and I really wish I could say, but there were two players that stood out and they both got contracts. A beery? No, it wasn't a beery. Yeah. I think it was there you go. I'll think of in, as, as I'm driving home tonight. <laughs> right. But well, uh, we, yeah, um, you, do see, you do see some good players. Another person who was at uh, Burton was uh, Steve Tung. And now I... I Chat to Steve earlier. I've got to say, it's a pretty bad line. It starts pretty uh, poorly, and uh, I think it improves slightly, but it is a pretty distorted line with Steve. But we're going to give it a whirl, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's not too bad. Well, we're joined on the Orient Hour, and it's always nice to hear the dulcet tones of Steve Tung. How are you, Steve? Good. Now, um, obviously, you're, you're, you're busy, as we, as we know, uh, first of all, with your book. How's that coming on? Uh, yes, uh, had a bit of a hiatus, um, all sorts going on. Uh, the walking football season has now come to a close, competitively anyway. Uh, Orient has done very well in the various age groups in the Essex League, so there's a bit more time, and I'm going back to research on Yorkshire football uh, and getting much more up-to-date, which is more interesting, um, all those familiar names and teams and so on all coming back to us slowly. Good stuff. Now you were at um, you were at the match on Saturday. So um, your impression of that? Well, dull, really. Absolutely <laughs> honest. I know a lot of people really enjoyed the trip because um, uh, what I've noticed when it's a new ground, uh, a lot of supporters uh, do seem to come out, and I suspect the program sales were better than normal for the game. Um, I mean, what was a bit worrying from Burton's point of view, there must have been nearly a 1,000 Orient there, and, and the attendance was 3,300. Um, I was actually staying overnight with friends in Burton who, uh, funnily enough, know the, the Burton chairman vaguely, and um, they said, really, he just doesn't know what to do now. He'd be very keen just to get somebody else in because he thinks he's taken them as far as they can go. Of course, they actually got up, up into the championship. When you see the sort of gates they get, it was a remarkable achievement. So they've been overachieving for some time. Um, as people who went there will know, it's a, it's a perfectly reasonable little ground with four stands. And, and above all, unlike the O's, they've got an awful lot of room to expand. But uh, as the chairman has said uh, there, there's no point in, um, in trying to expand when you're getting crowds of three and a half thousand and um, you know, a thousand of those are visiting supporters. So the other thing was, uh, I mean, Derby, uh, where all my friends have actually historically always lived there, but have really supported Derby. Uh, he said, well, when Derby are away on a Saturday, they'd normally pick up some extra fans at Burton, but I'm not even sure they did that at the weekend. So um, people, I think, enjoyed the trip for, for other reasons. Of course, the team is the Brewers, and the town is known for its breweries, and I think um, some Orient supporters had uh, made, made full use of that. So it was, it was a good day out, I think, for most people, but uh, a disappointing game. I was pleased that Richie Wellens in his interview uh, didn't put any sort of gloss on it. As he said, you know, it was a poor, he actually said really poor second half. Um, uh, and the terrible disappointment, of course, of, of Jordan Graham's injury, which is, is going to cost us a bit, I fear, for the next few months. So, um, same problem. Again, good to hear the manager say we need more goals because that's self-evident. Um, I think I probably said even the back end of last season's mm. programme that we, we weren't scoring enough goals and that would be a worry. 14 from 15 games. Um, I know we've had an imbalance of, of home matches to away matches at home and nine away, which, which doesn't help you. But, um, you know, six goals in six home games um, 
it, that's always go, was always going to be the problem. I, I think the, the new system with three at the back and, and win backs and effectively playing two up front when you've got, say, Ruel and Piggott up front, that, that's what's needed, really. You've got to have it be much more, should be much more effective with, with two up front and, and two attacking players in the wide positions. Um, so, theoretically, the, I don't think there's anything wrong with the system and given the players we've got, I would say he was, he was picking the, the right team most of the time. I don't think too many people can argue about that. Um, but the goals just aren't coming. That's, that's the problem at the moment, as some of us feared it, it always would be. Well, it's something you said at start, the start of... Um, well, before the start of the season, that uh, you worried that that was going to be the case. Well, yes, because... Last season, when you're the runaway champions like we were, and you're only the sixth or seventh highest goal scorers, that, that tells a tale in itself. So, um, as has often happened in the past, however far you go back, that our most successful teams have been built generally on a successful defence rather than a free-scoring attack. Uh, and so when the defence moves up a, a division, and it's been pretty much the same players, apart from Brandon uh, Cooper coming in, who's been excellent, um, they're going to concede more goals, they're going to come under more pressure, and, and that hasn't been bad at all. I mean, conceding, what's about 18 in, in 15 games is not terrible, considering we had matches like the Portsmouth uh, 4 and 3 by Wickham, goals by Wickham early on. Um, so there did no great complaints about the defence. Um, I'm you know, quite happy with the goalkeeper, and... and it's really been the, the problem in attack. And, of course, if, if Dan Aggie had been fit, then we don't know how well he might have done. Maybe Jordan Graham wouldn't have been playing so much, but Jordan's been excellent uh, and terribly sad, the, the injury to him. And so we're going to have this period now where, where one of them is still out injured and the other one hasn't come back. And don't forget, Dan Aggie, um, you know, once he gets fit will have to get match fit and they'll have to get up to speed and they'll have to get used to the rest of the team and so on so I, I would hope people won't expect miracles from him immediately um, and and so that is the problem you know as Richie said if we had a bit more firepower well we could be pushing remarkably high up, up the table but you know let's not be too negative about it all 14th place after the, those Tuesday matches I think most people would have settled for that um, at this stage, uh, uh, an exact sort of um, record of 15 games, five wins, five draws, five defeats, and given the start we had, which everyone knew was going to be difficult looking at the fixtures, I, th I think they've actually come around quite well. It's just that, that one thing, which I think we are going to hear sadly a lot more about till the end of the season, we need more goals, as the manager said. Well, hopefully uh, something will happen in the uh, January transfer market to alter that. But um, overall, Steve, you're, you're not too disappointed. No, I mean, the problem with January, obviously, we know is that it's hard to get people in. Um, you know, if there's going to be a really good goal scorer at League One level, why would any team release him um, unless we can pick somebody up from a higher division? Um, and even then, you know, we might have to, to move one one out, say. Um, it's not going to be easy. I was just thinking back. I'm sure that Danny Johnson, when he came in in January, didn't, didn't set the world alight in, in that half a season. It was only really at the start of the next season, if you remember, through to Christmas when he had that, that purple patch. Um, and we've not made, not made many outstanding signings in January for the reasons that, that the manager and Martin Ling have often said. You know, um, there's a reason 
players are available in January if they are available, and it's generally that their club doesn't want them, um, and then they've got to fit in in that in that short period. So um, again, I wouldn't hold out too much store. I think we'll be looking at Dan Aggie coming back as soon as possible and and seeing what he can do. Um, and although you would expect him to be to be played out wide rather than actually playing through the middle, um, whether whether we can get some goals there. All right, well, thanks very much for joining us, Steve, and we'll catch up with you soon. Pleasure as ever. All the best to everyone. Thank you, Steve. Right, well, sorry about the quality of that call, but um, it's the best we could do with uh, enhancing it there, I'm afraid. I don't know what uh, what went wrong, but uh, there we go. We do have some fun on the phones, don't we? Um, earlier today, I did uh, catch up with our old friend Adrian Whitbread, and um, Adrian uh, used to be on a regular on here, didn't he, uh, at one point? But uh, I think since, <laughs> since COVID came, he's been a bit tied up with coaching uh, in various places, and we... Uh, haven't touched base at all, so it was, it was good today to catch up with him. And uh, you've been in the studio, haven't you, with uh, with Adrian before? I don't recall being in the studio with him, but I certainly have listened to um, every show we've ever put out, Andy. I think so, oh. pretty much. So yes, yeah, so I have I have had the pleasure of, of uh, listening to Adrian. Do you get the feeling that um, Darren's trying to earn brownie points tonight? Yeah. Uh, every show you've ever done, I feel it. Every show. Right? Every show. Every it's about 350 game, shows. Every or away so, game, yeah. yeah. Just, because, yeah. just because I said, did you go to Carlisle last time? Yeah. And he yeah. said, and he, I think he's trying to get. Mm. <laughs> you're the greatest, Andy. You're some extra. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that, that ain't going to work. Because everyone said, knows you're lying now. Everyone knows there's no start to my talent. So I always say that. <laughs> that uh, no, honestly, uh, don't. You know, I'm only ribbing you. I think it's fantastic you go all these games. I really do. Honest. <laughs> Okay. No, I don't. That was genuine. <laughs> right. Enough of this joviality. Let's get, yes, serious. let's get serious. Right. So, yeah, let's uh, let's catch back up with uh, Adrian Whitbread. We spoke uh, earlier this afternoon. Good to uh, catch up with one of our former players, uh, an old friend of the show, Adrian Whitbread. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Not too bad, mate. Long time no speaking, I think, isn't it? You know, I think there's been... Uh I think we just spoke, touched on it before we uh, went live, is that uh, the pandemic of it, and we've, when our paths haven't crossed and haven't been able to worry for a bit of time, so lots, lots going on post the last time we met. Yeah, I mean, um, so that's what I really wanted to catch up with you about. So you, you've been a busy man. You've been running these um, coaching schools, haven't you? Uh, they've been quite successful. Yeah, you know, we've um, we've actually opened up more um more of them now we do them in um, Upminster Chigwell Stroke Debden Loughton um, we've now got an affiliation with Leighton Orient doing one over at Snaresbrook and we do overseas now you know through the half term periods and summer holidays so it um, it has been very hectic um, you know outside of the kids going to school um, but it's it's been good because we've had good numbers and long may it continue so yeah been really good along with my own personal stuff in line with Campione on a Monday evening um, that's still taking place but um, other, other stuff that's gone on in the background I haven't been able to do the Tuesday nights anymore but that's something that I may pick back up on if I can yeah, I mean, this Campione, have they got um, links with with clubs so that um, they're feeding people in, or, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, every, every kid that sort of comes and, you know, has got an affiliation with a football club thinks that it, that it is a way. Um, it's, it's probably not from my angle unless someone asks me the question. You know, I don't actively go and put a player into a club, but I give them my experience of 
you know, how it all really started with myself and and the process. You know, the game has changed a lot now with developmental academies and this, that and the other. And people do source my advice in regards to that because sometimes it's, it's not really a true affiliation with the football club, but just an easier way of a football club looking at players to then maybe promote them from within um, rather than the old school fashion way of scout seeing you play on a Sunday morning or playing for your representative team or Essex or whatever it may be to then be uh, invited in so it, it has changed a little bit from that angle but you know um, some of the training I feel has, has most definitely paid off and maybe my guidance towards players two of the girls that I've coached one has actually gone into to Leighton Orient and um, I got a nice message from a girl that's actually now been in with Spurs and travelled with their under 21 team to, to play and will be involved in a cup game recently as well and she sent me a nice message of you know saying that you know if, if it hadn't been for my guidance and advice then um, you know a pathway may not have taken the, the turn that it has done but um I don't put it down to me. I never have done, never will. It's down to the turn to the individual and the player. And, um, you know, that's why it's always good for me that it's not just boys. You know, it's, as we all know now, it's an equal world. And, um, you know, two of the girls that have been, that had come along to my, to the clinics uh, with Campioni and, and the personal development stuff that I do on a Monday night of, 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 of bear fruit with it. And, um, you know, they've hopefully got the start of a, a successful career. Yeah, so you wouldn't rule out managing a, a, a women's football team? No, not at all. You know, I'll be totally honest with you. When I first actually did it in 2018-19, I ran a girls' clinic for the very first time and it scared the living daylights out of me and because I'd never done it and I wasn't sure of what I was getting myself into, you know. Um, I think girls are different from boys, but they're not. You know, they just want to play football, and um, it was probably one of the most <laughs> most enjoyable coaching sessions I ever did because the girls were very attentive and wanted to listen. Whereas boys, as we all know, I've been there myself, just want to kick a ball around and continue to play. Whereas the, the girls seem to, you know, feed off your every word that you're you're talking about. That's always good. Now, we, we obviously got some new listeners to the show since we last spoke and some younger people who might say, Adrian Whitbread? Where, where do we know? Well, just to run through quickly for them, uh, 89 to 93, you were very much a, a part of Leighton Orient, weren't you? Yeah, you know, my, my progression actually started when I was 12 years of age. And this is what I talk to the young players um, about, you know, of, of how I got managed to get into a professional football club and they don't believe it when I turn around and say to them that I was playing for my district team as what it was back then in Harlow uh, which was a league X1 of players and we went over to Orion and um, played in a game and um, my team got me 13-0 so I picked the bones out of that one how do you pick a defender out that's just lost 13-0 to an Orion team but someone saw something in the qualities that I had and you know this is what I tell all the players and I, I think sometimes they don't believe me and I turn around and say you've got more ability than I ever had when I was a young player but what I had was my attitude was was the way forward for me and it always has been and it always will to this day and um, if they can marry that with their, their ability then they give themselves half a chance 
Yeah, exactly. Now, you, you moved on from Orient and you ended up with Martin Ling at uh, Swindon, didn't you? That's right, yeah. I mean, and obviously John Gorman. John Gorman was my youth team yeah. manager, along with Patsy Holland and Bernie Dixon back in the day, you know, stalwarts of the Orient coaching staff. And um, John obviously took over from Glenn when Glenn went to Chelsea and that is. Swindon had their one and only year in the Premier League and uh, John came in and bought me off of Orient and um, I guess that was the start of me progressing my career outside of the lower divisions at the time and um, kind of never looked back and was very fortunate to play in the Premier League and um, probably consistently more in the Championship. Yeah, I mean, you had a spell with West Ham, of course, and then on to uh, Portsmouth and uh, then spent a while out on loan and then entered the management world. And, of course, it was one that took you abroad, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, my footballing career took me on a path of, let's be honest, post-school. I had no idea of what I was going to do uh, academically and as a job because pretty much then back in the day, it was straight out of school into work. And I was very luckily blessed with the fact that I managed to find a pathway into an, an apprenticeship scheme at, at Leighton Orient, um, which took me through my playing career. And then unfortunately, when I did retire, I'd already gained my qualifications in my coaching badges and went straight into coaching with Martin Allen. Um, and then in 2008, went off on my travels overseas, you know, for probably pretty much the last sort of, sort of 10, 15 years. And, um, you know, I've only been back in the country actually post, post pandemic as, you know, the world was shut down and it affected me like everybody else. Um, and, um, you know, I found myself back in England and, um, for the foreseeable future, that's where, where I shall remain. Um, you know, I'm now coaching in a Bishop Stalford football club, which is local to me. Uh, I've been asked to go in there and help out with Mark Hughes and Steve Smith, the manager. Um, and kind of that, with the last six months, that's really come about because I've been obviously working up at Kingsley in the Conference North as assistant to Mark Hughes, um, which unfortunately didn't work out. But, um, you know, we, we got on well together. Um, and um, he's linked up with me again, you know, asked me to come in with him himself a week after being in, in, introduced as the assistant. So, you know, I've been in there for a week now. Um, and it's going to prove a challenge, but it's the challenge that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, the two clubs, we're going to come on to that, because obviously recently you, you, you know, we were appointed over to uh, Kings Lynn, but that was a club, very, oh, well, unless something's happened there, it was very much on the slide, wasn't it, recently? And... Um, <laughs> Has that been arrested, oh, yeah. that slide? I mean, are they still in in a bit of trouble there? Yeah, they're still down there. You know, they, they haven't had the manager bounce. Uh, um, if you live, listen to his interviews and take much out of them, well, it's a bit of hearsay, she say. Um, but that's football. You know, we were very unfortunate. Um, and I'll be brutally honest, people say, oh, well, that's just the normal, that's the way it goes, you didn't win games. Yeah, we didn't win games, and so, you know, when you don't win games, you're always, you know, got the chance of, of, of losing your jobs. Um, but we had a horrendous run of injuries to key players. Um, when I'm talking about key players, I'm talking five out of the 11 starting players, and then two further suspensions of two red cards in consecutive weeks to lose two more players for three games. And... Um, you know, it was a whole different squad from what Mark had had last season. Mm. You know, you could say that the, the leaders of the group had, had gone. Um, 
you know, there were still good players left there. But when you lose that amount of players um, from not retaining them to have another go at crack at promotion and, you know, not being disrespectful, but probably replace them with a lesser lights because of the budget that you've been given. Mm. And it's always going to prove difficult. You know, we weren't far away. You know, we played, I think it was 10 games. We drawn five, lost one. Uh, sorry, drawn five, won one, lost four. And then we lost our last two before we actually were dismissed. Um, to me, it wasn't a problem because I, I get it. It's football. I understand it. But I felt more for Mark Hughes. Um, and let's not get them mixed up. It's not Mark Hughes, the Manchester United <laughs> ex-player. It's Mark Hughes, ex-Tottenham and Barnet. So, yeah. um, you know, I felt more for him. He was a young manager given his first job. And I do honestly believe we've given a bit more time, he would have been okay. You know, results haven't miraculously picked up um, for them since we've left. And, um, you know, they've got those those players coming back um, or, or are back, which would, make a, would have made a big difference. But, so, you know, it is what it is. We wish hmm. Kingsley all the best. It's football. Uh, I'm onto something different now and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, so I mean, this is the club, Bishop Stalford, that uh, they speak of a, a new stadium, isn't there? Yeah, again, I'm finding my feet, Andy, so it's, you know, I'm getting to know all the players' names. I've pretty much got that nailed down now. You find out a little bit more, you talk to supporters. A good friend of my father's was at the game, the Warrington game, two weeks ago, which I was just going on to watch. I wasn't going there with the intention of looking to get a job I was just going to watch because it was a Saturday afternoon and I wanted to get out and watch some football Mark had just gone there so I wanted to show my support and he sort of mentioned that they've been talk of moving to a new ground um, I don't know any more than that I've heard the rumours I don't know whether it's set in stone but you know the initial setup that they've got at Bishop Stalford is very good um, if it is to move to another uh, stadium then you know they're going to be in a good place but um, at the moment you know position wise in the table we're not in a good position um, we've not had a good run of results um, so you know it's my job to support Mark and Steve and um, if they ask my opinion I'll be honest about it um, you know but they pretty much you know it's down to those two guys I'll just chip in with, with what I see and what I hear and, um, and, and take it from there you know Okay, well, good luck with it, um, Adrian, and uh, we hopefully won't leave it as long to uh, speak again, and hopefully we'll catch up uh, soon. We, I, I think there may be something happening regarding the 35th anniversary of the uh, of Orient's promotion, so I don't know. Were you in the squad for 89, or was it the uh, year after? I was, I, was an, I was an apprentice then. That oh, you won't I... get an invite then. You won't get an invite. No, I, I'll just have to turn a bunk in through the back door. That won't be the first or last time. Um, but no, I was there for it because I was an apprentice. Yeah, I know so, you were there, yeah. So, so um, you know, I mean, for me, they were, they were the best days ever. You know, you know supporters standing you know and you know the, the players supporting in the old stand on the far side um, you know standing on top of the holding in front of the director's box um, you know I remember the, the kit vividly the sport kit with Comet Roofing I think we don't know whether it was Comet Roofing yeah, I know it was, there was yeah, once yeah. Comet Roofing you know the kit and um you know, I still speak to some of the, the old players and I've seen them when I've been over at Orient. So I've kept in touch and, you know, it's always good to see them um, and catch up with them. So that's something I'll keep an eye on. And then, uh, 
then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of make a guest appearance. All right, mate, and we'll let you know next time we're meeting up at the ship at Goodyear Park. So thanks very much, Adrian. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Sounds like a busy period. Thanks, Andy. Take care, mate. mate. Bye-bye. Really good to uh, catch up with Adrian earlier. There's been a, a long while since we spoke to him. We were just uh, talking as that was playing out, and uh, Barry made a very valid point. When Adrian was playing, Darren, the crowds were typically around about the 4,000 mark. Well, yeah, I mean, we're all old enough to remember crowds in the early 80s being around oh, 2,000. 2,000 mark, so yeah. 4,000 <laughs> by that time was, was, was all right, wasn't it? Progress. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, um, it was not great, was it, seeing the stadium half empty? contrast that with today yeah no it's brilliant and I mean over 8,000 for every single home game I think this this season so far uh, and I think hmm. the capacity of the stadium is only around 9-2 or 9-3 now because of these safety issues in the East End I think isn't it so hmm. you're virtually a sellout I mean it's technically a sellout when you've, you've sold the season ticket seats we in, all know there's gaps I but think in real terms the capacity is now 8-7 yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're virtually full. And, um, I mean, have we discussed that before, the, the season's ticket exchange thing? Because it's always good to have bums on seats, isn't it? You know, it's, mm. it's a shame when there's gaps, but technically they're sold to seat. But an Orient are, they do have a, 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 a scheme, don't they, about um, if you can't use your season ticket, um, you know, give it up. To, but I think there's other clubs that, that run a successful scheme. Someone was saying the other day that, that, that there's a successful scheme run by another club whereby you, you have to give your ticket up if you're not attending or something like that. Have you heard Brent, Brent, is it Brentford? Something like that, yeah. That I think you should Brentford, notify yeah. if you're not coming. Yeah. And, and that allows them then to, you know, if you say seat, I don't know, A23 or whatever, an A24, we won't be here, basically. Yeah. And, and, and there's, a, there's a, web, a web page for that, you know, that you can go on and register well, you're not coming. And, and they can sell the seat. The scheme they've put in place is, is it yellow that if thing? you don't turn up for so many games... The, they will they will give you a yellow card and a red card. That's and right. That's, yeah. That's yeah. And then you don't get um, priority you, you, for next season. Yeah, that, so. but you've got to be careful with something like that because that could be down to somebody in the family not being well or, or something. Well, you know, it could be a serious illness for somebody. I'm, I'm sure, so, I'm sure that, that there's provision for stuff like hmm. that. Yeah, I think I think things like that. I'm sure I've read about that other clubs where it's backfired where someone's been extremely ill and possibly. But you then, know, if you if you look um, from the club's point of view, yeah, but I've had the money from the club's yeah, point of view, but they're not getting the money. Because they're not buying a programme, they're not buying a pie, they're not buying a pint. No, yeah. but there's no guarantee and, they would have done. So. And there's other people that could go in them seats. Yeah. That, oh, that's that what I'm saying. That it's better so to it's damaging notify. The club, it's damaging the clubs, Andy, because they can't then grow their support. Hmm. It's not good for business, basically. But, but if you don't turn up, you know, three times and you fail to notify them three times, yeah, not I think that's it. I think it's about notification. I'm talking about when someone's not turning up for half the season. Yeah, well, well that's when you made the teasing tickets too cheap for kids and whatever, and they don't bother coming. I think it wasn't about notification, though. But you're right. I think you had to notify them. And if you didn't turn up, yeah. I, I think that's what it was. So it was quite fair. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that, that, that's yeah. the thing, you know, because it, it, it's, the trouble is when you do a discount, it, it, there's no real uh, compulsion to go because the investment you've put in is so tiny, five or ten or anything. Oh, well, I can't well, be bothered. It, it wasn't that long know. ago. We had people um, buying the seat next to them to put their bag on. Mm. So yeah. we've moved on from that. Yeah. But we, we, we need the club. There's no way to refer to my... my don't, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Right. The, the club, the club yeah. need the revenue. And they yeah. need to, all clubs, not just Orient, mm. they need to be able to maximise. Of course they do, I know that, yeah. Especially when we're talking about the stadium and its current limitations, if you like. That's yeah. a way that yeah. you can, yeah. oh, can maximise yeah. revenue. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I never knew what I didn't just buy a pub or you know, one of the empty pubs and uh, take that over as a as a, 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 a Orient pub basically and keep all the revenue and. Uh, the supporters would have used it, I'm well, we sure. we charged upon that, didn't we, with Nigel? Uh, went, and Nigel and went, nope. What does Gilson know about real estate? <laughs> to be fair, Andy, the, 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 the problem with, with that, per se, yeah. is then what do you do on non-match days? You've got a pub there. You can run it as a business, so I appreciate that. But yeah, they're in... They're in the football business. They're not in the... Uh, the Hospitality yeah. business. So yeah. I kind of understand why they... they we could have had it. rooms above it, you know, to, to uh, rent out. You I, know, I get why they didn't want to run with that idea of yours, Barry. Barry? Uh, sorry. Yeah, blame Barry. If it's a bad it one, we blame Barry. Me. Thanks. I talked about bad ideas. Here's Matt Roper. <laughs> Welcome back to another rant, which, let's face it, there isn't a lot to rant about unless we want to talk VAR or the EFL. We are, barring half an hour versus Oxford, a third of the way through the campaign, and we occupy a healthy mid-table berth. Is it good enough? On the whole, I would say, yes, it is. But we shouldn't want to settle for such, or rather we would like to see a higher middle-eight position if we can manage it, as acceptance of possible mediocrity can then lead to a dropping off of performance and results. After a real baptism of fire at the start of the season, we seem to have got to grips with this level and have shown we're not here just to make up the numbers. The division is very tight at the moment and two defeats could see us plummet towards the bottom four, whereas if we had put the Barnsley and Northampton games to bed, then we'd be at the dizzy heights of the fringe of the playoffs. That's amazing. A cup week probably couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest, as the injuries are starting to rear their ugly heads again. Firstly, we lost Max Sanders a couple of weeks ago after he'd had a hugely impressive 120 minutes before Rob Hunt, who capped his fine return with a goal, was then confined to the treatment table. And then, of course, the biggest blow of them all was when we lost Jordan Graham for what, what could well be the rest of the season away at Burn. Make no mistakes about it, this guy is going to be a big miss. Clever, sensible, great crosser of the ball and very much one of the brightest sparks this season. What with him and Dan Aggie still missing, it's a real dent in our attacking options. But with it being November, there is little else we can do but roll out of our sleeves and meet the challenge head on and get on with it. Going forward and or scoring goals has been a bit of an Achilles heel this year. We can certainly play some very attractive football through all thirds, in fact, but sometimes that final ball and or coupled with the striker's movement and or decision-making and finishing means on several occasions we've failed to capitalise at one nil up. I'm pretty confident in saying, and of course because the games have gone, there's no Jonah moment here, that we had we taken a 2-0 lead in the Barnsley and Northampton games, then we'd have had at least four more points on the board. Yes, you don't have to score a second to win a game while keeping a clean sheet, but 1-0 is, of course, that horrible, dodgy scoreline. And you can have all the positive stats in the world in your corner, but one set piece, one worldie, one penalty, and suddenly you are pegged back and dropping two points. How do we solve it? Well, there isn't another transfer window for two months, and, of course, the board have pumped a fair amount of money in already. It's also very difficult as we have what's seen as our new striking sensation in Dan Aggie out for a good few months, and no one can tell just yet how good or bad he'll be. The one thing I do know is that if we want to ship in that talisman striker, then aside from taking a punt on a non-league scoring sensation, or a rather green 19-year-old from a Premier League club, it will cost serious dollars. 
Martin Link once told me, as did Matt Poulter, that the hardest position to recruit for is a striker. If he has a proven track record, then he almost certainly won't be a free agent. The club he's at won't want to sell. And the third point of the Devil's Triangle will be that it's going to take cold, hard cash to get him coming to E10. It is, however, all part of the process, and it's a process that surely most, if not all fans, trust in after six years, two promotions and a more stable footing in League One than, say, just eight weeks ago. And it shows we are moving steadily in the right direction on most fronts. So it's cup week this week, and whilst injuries are mounting, it's a game I still want us to go out and win. The one thing the club won't want is a draw and another tip trip to Cumbria. But despite the continuous undervaluing of the FA Cup, it's a trophy that can still bring a great deal of magic and, dare I say, money, which could really assist in the three-year plan and maybe that striker people are crying out for. Therefore, and whilst we want to put on a show for the faithful this weekend, it's all about one thing. Get your ball in that velvet bag for Monday or whenever the blooming drawer is these days. Up the mighty O's. Thanks very much, Matt. He knows I didn't mean it really <laughs> about that beforehand. Good man. Thank you for the report, Matt. And uh, another rant. Not really much of a rant, to be honest. Just a, a nice little article. And we quickly look at Saturday and the FA Cup, Barry. Yeah, it was a really considered uh, swear word from Matt, um, wasn't it? Blooming. You don't hear that very often now, no. do you? Getting yourself in that no. blooming bag. Yeah, um, I, I like, I think a lot of Orient fans would love a cup run this season. I think I said it last time out that um, if we are to achieve mid-table, which will be a good season, mm-hmm. then what would be a great thing is to, to have a cup run, you know? It's, it's a, we've got a good side. There's, there's no reason why we can't get to the third round and uh, and give uh, the fans something to remember, especially now we're getting good crowds and that. I'd so your it. prediction for Saturday? I think we'll win. Um, I think... I'm not sure what sort of side he's going to put out. I'm really not. Um, He'll go for it. He's got to go for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think so. It has been muted that we would, would like a cup run. So I think we'll win. I'm going to say 2-0 on Saturday. I think um, okay. we've got Carlisle's number a little bit, I think. Darren? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think, I think we'll win. I think we'll win comfortably. Mm. Um, they are in a bit of trouble now. Mm-hmm. And they are also racking up a few injuries. So it's a good opportunity to play them. Good time to play them, I think. Uh, I don't think they'll welcome the cup run this season, personally. Okay. So I'm going for uh, 3-0. 3-0? I'll go with Barry's 2-0. By the Have way, a great by the week. way, Andy, go on, go quick. one more thing. Jeff Titanga, the yeah. other youth team player, remembered it before went home. Oh, thank He's you. the other player. He's good. Have a great week, everyone. Up the O's. This is our club. We are proud. Sing it up and sing aloud. We were formed in 1881. The claps and Orient had so begun. The old story on it runs. We're late and Orient from E10. Whatever challenges come our way, the Orient faithful are here to stay. We can live to fight another day. We're late and Orient from E10. We're not sound, we're the only one of us around 
Across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM News.